so today is going to be a hard one for some of you. It is a, it is a heavy show. I want to warn you right here at the top. Also, I'm going to do the very rare thing at the top of the show, asking, in addition, obviously, I'm going to be interested in your comments. Obviously, thank you for, for those that support the show with likes to help with the algorithm. But today, especially, uh, I would I ask you to share this show. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Because the things that we're talking about today, some would say one more than the other, have a high probability of being cracked down by YouTube, which is incredibly stupid and unfortunate. These are important stories, also given a few factors, it's going to make YouTube look like if they crack down on this video that they're trying to protect one of their top creators. Something we're already seeing some people allege because his side of the story has hit trending while I don't think I've seen any of the accusations against him popping up that way. And that's just with one of the stories. If they did it because of the last story today, that's incredibly problematic because it's a problem that we really need to talk about. But with that said, my request out there, let's talk about this first thing today, and that is the huge new bombshell allegation allegations against David Dobrik and Dom Zaglitis, aka Dirty Dom. Right, so to kind of get you up to speed about what we're seeing now and or uh, to kind of highlight the, the escalation of events in this story, uh, let's first mention when we last talked about this, you know, this story initially started as David Dobrik, if you're unfamiliar, massive, absolutely massive creator, having a few people that he used to film with that were part of a group that he films with called the Vlog Squad, coming out with accusations that can kind of be summed up of David Foster as a kind of toxic cult-like environment. And some the accusations escalated from there. You had Seth, former member of the vlog squad, coming out and saying, I was actually assaulted in multiple videos. With one of the most notable and key ones being the first one, where he thought he was kissing another member of the vlog squad, Corinna, but he actually ended up making out with a, I believe at the time, 45-year-old Jason Nash. Following that, a member of the vlog squad, Scotty Sire, essentially came out with this big video saying, you're lying, providing a video and what David Dobrik said was evidence that, that Seth was lying, text and audio saying essentially he was down for a kissing prank a third time, but what was not there was any evidence that Seth was okay with the first time, which appears to be the first time that he was tricked, and if anything, knowing that he was actually tricked the first time, it resulted in many people believing, well, he was kind of just worn down at that point. But things have escalated even more from there because yesterday, Insider released an article which, by the way, I, I think it's so weird that they initially decided to release it behind a paywall first. Like, I get that it's a business, but that's kind of just insane to me. If you genuinely think that there is a predator or someone that needs to be held accountable, why block it behind money? But main point, you had insider reporting that a young woman who was featured in a David Dobrik vlog back in 2018 claimed that she was raped by a vlog squad member, Dirty Dumb, the night that they were filming a vlog for David's channel. Now, if you try to go to David's channel to find this video, you cannot find it. Also, it appears a collab DRM are blocking re-uploads of the video, which at this point, it's just evidence. But main thing here, uh, because the internet is the internet, of course, we found the footage. I'm gonna be showing clips of it, but not featuring anything with the victim in it, but I, I think it is important to actually look at the footage because it, 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 it just makes you realize how horrible everything is, especially after you hear her description of the night. Right, and so let's walk through it. Uh, this video, which I believe had 5 million views by the time that it was removed, it features a number of girls, including, this is not her real name, but Insider called her Hannah, who was 20 years old at the time. And in it, you have Dirty Dom, who says, I invited these girls over to have a fivesome, so hopefully I'll have a fivesome tonight. As Insider explains, the next shot is of Hannah and her friends walking into the apartment, with Hannah saying to Insider, as soon as she walked into the door, someone shoved a camera in her face. With Insider noting, she has one line of dialogue in the video, saying that she doesn't know who anyone in the vlog squad is. Also, as as them coming over for group sex. Insider wrote Hannah and her friend Sarah, who drove everyone to the apartment, told Insider that they never intended to have group sex with Dom Zaglitis, a hesitance that was reflected in the vlog. With Dobrik saying in the video over voiceover, after a couple minutes of talking, it was clear there was no fivesome happening tonight. But then claiming, but by some stroke of luck and master negotiating, Dom made progress. Right, so that's how you had Dobrik framing it. But then as far as Hannah's side of things, Hannah told Insider that she felt pressured by Zaglitis and the other vlog squad members into helping them create content that objectified her, saying Zaglitis took turns 
turns interacting with Hannah and her friends and that he pulled her onto his lap at one point without asking permission. Hannah saying it was very much an environment where it felt like saying no was not okay. Saying it felt like from the moment we came, there was an expectation that they were doing us a favor and we had to give them content. They were verbally like, why aren't you guys being fun? Do something sort of sexy. Also claiming that Dom asked if she wanted to be his Instagram girlfriend, saying she could make $10,000 a week. She then describes a situation where Dom asks if he could talk to her. She agrees. He leads her out of a room where her friends were in, down a hallway and into a pitch black bedroom. Also saying that after he guided her through the door, she quickly turned around and told him she wanted to go back to where her friends were, but he blocked the exit with his body. He started asking her why she didn't like him and wouldn't date him. He asks if they could hook up. She says no. Dom allegedly tells her, you at least have to give me a kiss. And adding, I was getting really scared because he wasn't letting me leave. My friends were in a totally different part of the house. I was like, what happens if I keep saying no? So I just gave him a kiss. After this, she says she gets back to her friends, which also happens to be at the same time, a couple members of the blog squad return with a bottle of dark colored liquor. Now here, I'll say regarding who got the liquor, there, there are multiple claims. You had insider reporting that Trisha Paytas, who was there with her then boyfriend, Jason Nash, claiming that Jeff Wittick went and got the liquor. This after saying that she told Nash not to get the liquor, also saying that they left before Wittick got back. This is also something Jeff Wittick has denied both in the article while speaking to the journalist as well as on social media. But in the article, we also have Sarah, one of the other girls, saying she remembers Todd Smith and Wittick coming back to the apartment with Smith holding a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey. With Hannah saying, at this point, I can't really remember much. I just remember being really uncomfortable and being honestly really upset and angry that my friends thought these guys were really cool and they're really just objectifying and gross. With insider reporting, Hannah said she drank so much alcohol the night she filmed with the vlog squad that she blacked out. And going on to report, Sarah told Insider that Hannah wanted to go to Zaglitis' room with Zaglitis and their friend Audrey. Though Sarah said she could tell that Hannah was drunk, she was comfortable with letting her go into the room because Hannah wouldn't be alone. But with her also going on to say there was definitely a lot of alcohol being exchanged and kind of like nudged toward her. There were definitely times she was drinking it of her own volition, but there were also times where he was clearly trying to get her to drink more. Going on to say Hannah was able to walk into the room, but also adding she was not fully coherent and articulate. Right, so you have the situation where Dom, Hannah, and this other girl, Audrey, are in this room together. And at this point in the video, you have a bunch of the guys from the vlog squad outside the door trying to listen in. Also, they, without any consent, start opening the door and looking in. And after all this happens, you have Sarah saying that Dom and Audrey came out of the room first, with Sarah saying she went in after him to find Hannah lying limp on the bed. With Hannah saying she does not remember having sex with Zaglitis and that Audrey told her that Zaglitis performed sexual acts on her that were penetrated. With Insider noting specifically, Hannah said Audrey told her that Zaglitis was having sex with Hannah and didn't stop as Hannah showed signs of losing consciousness, so Audrey, quote, took over to get Zaglitis to stop. And while Insider noted that Audrey declined to comment, it appears that in a text that she sent to Hannah this month about their night with Zaglitis, she wrote, I remember you were starting to close your eyes and just were obviously drunk, so I finished him off just to get him away from you. With Hannah noting that after this, she was too drunk to dress herself, saying what I do remember is lying on the bed in that room alone and my roommate at the time coming in and being super worried and putting my underwear on me because I couldn't do that by myself. Sarah noting Hannah couldn't stand up or sit up on the toilet by herself, saying that at one point she passed out on the floor briefly. They also forced her to throw up and they actually had to physically support her body as they exited the apartment. And as far as what we see from the vlog after what apparently transpired, we see the guys joking about smell my finger with Dobrik offering $25 to do so. And then several of the guys along with David joking in the car that they're now going to go to jail. I just had a threesome and I think we're all going to jail. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, a thing that I'll say with this story, I highly recommend you actually read through the entire article. I'm not touching every single thing there. I'm kind of just trying to get to the keynotes before I, I kind of expand my 
thoughts on this, but before we do that, uh, David Dobrik also uh, officially released a statement, kind of, last night, releasing a video on his least followed YouTube account titled Let's Talk, even though likes and dislikes as well as comments were disabled. In this video, which I'll link down below, he apologizes to Seth, and then maybe kind of sort of loosely references the rape allegation, where he notes that consent can change. He says, you know, I have, I miss the mark saying I've cut guys like Dirty Dom out of my life, but in no way did it address that he created this situation, monetized and profited and benefited from the situation where there is an actual victim. All right, so buckle up. We're hitting the turn. This is opinion territory. David Dobrik, how the fuck is that your official statement? This is an at the time 20 year old young woman, girl, whatever you want to Call her, as, as a 35-year-old man, a 20-year-old is like a fucking baby. You have this 20-year-old woman who wasn't even legally allowed to drink at the time saying, I was raped. And not only that, but unlike so many other women that are assaulted and don't report things, she had millions of people going, oh my God, that's so cool that you're in David Dobrik's vlog. Right, I imagine one of the most traumatic experiences in her life, this, this is a thing that's going to affect her for the rest of her life. And how many times and how many interactions did she have where she had to relive her trauma because someone, millions of people, saw this video and had a completely different understanding of what transpired. Your response is to use this vague legalese, my friends have disappointed me language, and I almost get it to a certain degree, right? This was probably crafted by some lawyer or approved by some lawyer that was like, okay, gotta protect ourselves legally, but what the fuck? I can't imagine how alone she's felt with this because while the, the start of this story is a, a story that many women are familiar with, the, the, the way that it is so uniquely horrible, it just, it just stands out. But yeah, that is where I'm gonna leave it. Now, uh, I, I do wanna close again because I know some people say like, oh, you're talking about YouTube drama. This is not YouTube drama. This is a criminal accusation with a victim. I have reached out to David Dobrik, Jason Nash, Dirty Dom for any response, extra comment, and they have had the time knowing that this insider article was coming out to be able to get ahead of it, to do anything that would remotely be the right thing. And the most we've seen is whatever the hell that Let's Talk video was. As well as David's lawyer, Brian Friedman, telling Insider, anyone who knows him knows he does not condone misconduct in any form. Log participants provide consent before anything is posted. Whenever consent is retracted, posts are removed. Any insinuation of wrongdoing is inaccurate and defamatory. Then show us. But yeah, that's the story, my opinion. Now, of course, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? And then finally, today, we need to talk about the eight people who were shot and killed in three different spas in the Atlanta area last night. Reportedly, six of the victims were Asian women, raising concerns that the attacks could be the latest in a surge of hate crimes against Asian Americans. Last night, there was a brief manhunt with police saying they arrested a 21-year-old white man from Woodstock, Georgia, about 150 miles south of Atlanta. Also, just a note when we cover stories like this, because we never know if the perpetrator wants to be infamous, we don't show names or faces. But that said, as far as what we know, the, the positioning right now of law enforcement, during a press conference this morning, law enforcement officials said that the suspect did admit to the crime and saying that he told them that he had a sex addiction and that he was traveling to Florida when they arrested him. But the officer is saying they believe that he may have frequented the parlors in the past and that he may have been aiming to commit similar violence at a business connected to the porn industry in Florida. But very notably here, police have also not yet offered an official motive for the attack. And actually this morning, they said that they're not able to determine if it can be considered a hate crime because it's still too early in the investigation. But regarding this, we did see Cherokee County Sheriff's Captain Jay Baker saying the suspect told the officers that his actions were not racially motivated. He claims that these, and as the chief said, we know this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. He apparently has an issue, uh, what he considers a, a, a sex fiction, and sees these locations as something that allows him to, to, um, 
to go to these places and, and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. And also when asked if there were any indicators that the shootings were a hate crime, Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds responded. Uh, the indicators right now are, uh, uh, it, it may not be, uh, it may be targets of opportunity. Uh, again, we are we believe that he frequented these places in the past and, um, and uh, may have been lashing out. Reynolds's office also telling reporters in a statement that the suspect, quote, told investigators that he blames the massage parlors for providing an outlet for his addiction to sex. You know, a big bulk of this story is the reaction not only to the killings, but to the police response thus far. Because among the many things that there are to be furious about this situation, one of the big ones was kind of the, the way people were talking about this. Right, they have people like Captain Jay Baker saying things like. When I when we sp I spoke with investigators, they interviewed him this morning and I uh, they got that impression that yes, he, he understood um, the gravity of it and he was pretty much fed up and then kind of at the end of his rope and um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him and this is what he did. Right, a lot of people responding and it sounds like they're almost sympathetic towards this killer. People saying this is yet another example of when it's a white person, it's like someone just snapped and it's not a more nefarious thing. We also saw a ton of public backlash from people who were arguing this is obviously a hate crime. People like Eugene Lee Yang tweeting, the f***ing gall of a white male mass murderer to confidently tell on himself to police. A piece of sh said, I'm not racist because I have a sex addiction that made me eliminate people and places I'm tempted by, which are Asian women at Asian spas. That's a hate crime. Many others echoing that, emphasizing how Asian women are fetishized and commodified in Western culture, writing things like, as if these things aren't related and based on centuries of sexualized and submissive stereotypes of Asian women. White supremacy is rooted in misogyny and racism, right? That argument essentially saying he viewed these women as objects, things that he could eliminate. With people saying it proves the racial nature of the crime. With people writing things like Asian people especially women, are seen and treated as existing for the use, convenience, and enjoyment of white people. Now our lives are simply fodder for personal absolution to a white man with a gun. To suggest that race isn't relevant is spitting in our faces. Hashtag stop Asian hate. We also saw the likes of former President Obama tweeting, although the shooter's motive is not yet clear, the identity of the victims underscores an alarming rise in anti-Asian violence that must end. And that sentiment is something that we saw in numerous politicians from both sides and celebrities chiming in on, noting how crimes against Asian Americans have risen drastically in the last year, many are specifically citing the statistic from the organization Stop AAPI Hate, which reported there have been 3,800 anti-Asian incidents in the last year, most of which were against women. You know, with all this, you had a lot of people, of course, pointing to Trump's rhetoric about the pandemic, but also as the director of the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum said in a statement, even before the pandemic and the racist scapegoating that came in its way, AAPI women routinely experience racialized misogyny. Now our community, particularly women, elders, and workers with low-wage jobs are bearing the brunt of continued vilification. Right? And that's an important thing to keep in mind. This is not a new issue. It may be something that's been more active during the pandemic. It may be more prominent in the news, but it is something that has existed in this country. And for me personally, it's hard for me to not see race as a key issue in this situation, right? Even if you feed into the sex addict argument, then it seems connected that he was fetishizing Asian women and thus decided to take them out like they were less than. And also, while I don't know Captain Jay Baker as a person, it is definitely possible to misspeak. In what world does it make sense that after eight people were murdered. You think it makes sense at a press conference to be like, he had a really bad day because of the really bad day. This is what he did. Eight people are dead. They had a worse day. He didn't make a bad investment. He didn't stub his toe. He murdered people. But that said, as far as what happens next, police have said that the suspect will have an arraignment hearing tomorrow. Officials also confirmed today that he has been charged with eight counts of murder and homicide and one count of aggravated assault. And meanwhile, we have the police investigation ongoing and it's been reported that the Department of Justice will have more to say on the matter later today. And that is ultimately where I'm going to end today's show. Of course, as always, any and all opinions you have on any and all stories, I'd love to see in those comments 
comments down below. As always, but also specifically on this video, thank you to everyone that, that likes, comments, subscribes, shares the video. I appreciate and love your face. If you're looking for more news or you, you need a completely different thing, I have that podcast with Markiplier. You, you can watch right here or the links in the description down below. But uh, that's where I'm going to end today's show. I love your face and I will see you tomorrow.